Shay Wheat is a certified event producer and creator of popular programs such as the Powerful Event Process, the Ultimate Event Planner Certification Program, and CEO of Grace and Ease Productions, Inc. Grace and Ease Production, Inc. supports their clients in creating powerful and profitable events, producing in-person and live virtual events from 50 to 4,000 plus attendees, and collaborating with many well-known celebrities such as Dr. Oz, Lisa Nichols, Dr. Claire's Bill Barron, Allison J. Prince, Josh Turner, and many others. They assist speak to sell clients to be extremely profitable with their events. Just recently, one client generated over $2.1 million in one virtual live three-day event. Their clients have made over $24 million in revenue, gaining over 3,500 new clients and changing the lives of over 16,000 plus attendees. Their team handles all the planning, speaker and sponsor support, as well as production of virtual live and in-person events to create experiential, revenue-generating, and exciting events for attendees. Welcome to Eventist 365, a show where we talk to proven leaders and trendsetters in the corporate event industry and find out what it takes to create amazing and impactful corporate events. I'm your host, Yanit Nakasta. Let's start the show. All right, so we are here with Shay Wheat Certified Event Producer. Shay, what's up? What's up? What's up? How are you today? I am always fantastic. So I want to go ahead and just jump right into it. So you're pretty active on social media and like you look like you have a lot of fun in life and just business. How do you manage like to make it all a thing? (laughs) Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I could not do it without team. Like, oh my gosh. Obviously, when you're in business and you're just starting out doing things, you have no team, you're everything, you're wearing all of the hats. But now I've gotten to the point, I've been doing this since 2014. I've gotten to the point now where I've made money and I can actually hire a team and they can take a lot of things off my plate so I can stay in my genius zone, which allows me to actually block off like the life, fun business life and actual personal life and doing it all together. Something else that when I started my business, I really wanted to have a lifestyle business. I wanted to be able to go with my fiance to France four times a year when he went there for work and having a business that allows me to work anywhere. That's what I wanted to do. So I put that on my vision board and I just kept working towards it. So I could have that fun life and business um, connection. Honestly, Shay, I love that for you because like we're literally seeing eye to eye on that. (laughs) I have, I'm finally at a place in my life as well where, you know, if I happen to take a vacation, the business doesn't just stop because I have a really great team, right? Like 
you know, I had my fair share of ups and downs this year, you know, some morning, some fun stuff, you know, some not so fun stuff. And I had like a really great team to kind of like support me and keep the business going and continue to fulfill the works. So I completely understand what that's like. And again, I love that for you. So in these like fun, exciting things and having like this really well-balanced life, which a lot of people feel like, you know, as event planners as a whole, like are too busy to really have a, like their own life because they're too focused, like building events for other people and planning things for other people. You have managed to become like a Reiki master. Tell us about that and like what it even means. Yeah. So a Reiki master is Reiki itself is a Japanese form of energy healing. And so you can look out of it as like a type of alternative medicine. So Reiki practitioners use this technique called palm healing or hands-on healing. Like bars, like a friend of mine, she just introduced me to this thing where you could do like bars. And so they'll put their hand on like very specific pressure points. And then my other friend who is a neuropathic doctor was saying that the pressure points that they were showing me where they were like put their hands there for an extended period of time are pressure points that they address in acupuncture. And so I'm like, oh, this is like a thing and everybody just has like a different name for it, which is crazy. Anyway, continue. It sounds similar. So Reiki can be hands-on or not actually touching the body. So they use the, and I, we're both like using our hands, but it's the universal energy. So everything is energetic, right? tables have energy. They show you the waves that, you know, a table or a vibration of a, a human or whatever, right? So we're utilizing that energy, that universal energy to be transferred through the palms of the practitioner to the patient in order to encourage emotional or physical healing. So I became, when I was, before I actually started my business, I was trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. <laughs> Don't, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> like, what do I want to do? And um, I was drawn to Reiki and ended up going through the different levels and being taught by a Reiki master, became a Reiki master myself. And now I utilize that in my events. So I don't necessarily do the hands-on healing during the events, but the same energy that you're utilizing, we actually create what's called a space and create container within an event. So I've worked with clients that are <laughs> the gamut, you know, very brick and mortar kind of businesses to very energetic woo-woo type of people and crystals and healing oh. things. <laughs> I love my rocks and crystals. Don't get me wrong. But, right. you know, you have a lot of emotion that comes up for some events because we're addressing pain points. And in that, they need to feel like they're safe and they're in a container with other people that are getting them and they're not going to like just berate them for, you know, whatever's coming up for them. So I utilize the Reiki master energy in the business. Hence the reason why we're called Grace and Ease Productions, because we're looking to do things with as much grace and ease as possible and bringing that energetic aspect to the events that we produce. I got you. And I think being able to, number one is fascinating, right? But like being able to create an environment where people feel comfortable, I think makes a really big difference. This is kind of like a weird overshare, which I don't know if my family's actually subscribing to my podcast, this is going to let blow their minds. So, you know, I'm recently like 
weaning off of like my antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine, right? And so this is like a new thing for me, but I'm like feeling really great and it's awesome with the exception of like all the side effects that have been coming with it for me. Cause you know, not everybody has the same side effects. So like headaches, dizziness, brain zaps, all kinds of foolishness. And so my neighbor, like my longtime neighbor is someone who I like grew up with, right? I call him uncle. He said, hey, I thought you were gonna work out with me today. And I kind of just didn't feel like making an excuse or like lying, even though I knew that whatever the answer was just wasn't gonna necessarily sit best with him. I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling well. We had gone on like a, a beach trip the week before. I was like throwing up and dizzy and all that. And a lot of that was, again, side effects of the medicine that I just didn't feel like spending at the time. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not feeling well. And it's because I'm like weaning off my antidepressants and blah, blah. And he was like, oh, so you're mad. Which in, in like Jamaican translation is more like insane asylum kind of vibes. And it's just like, hmm, you really have to be comfortable with yourself in these moments, right? Like, there are people in your environment who don't understand the situation or don't understand what you're going through or don't know why you may or may not need help from here or there or anywhere else. But knowing, knowing that you don't have to be brave enough to be like, I'm just going to say it no matter what someone has to say, knowing that you, you're going to be in a space where people are comfortable and get you makes a completely big difference. I'm happy that I, you know, I'm comfortable enough with myself to be like, oh, okay, I understand that's, your belief system, your environment, your thought process, but it's different than mine, you know? Right. Well, and they're wearing their own rosy colored glasses, Yeah. right? Yeah. What, how they're looking at it through their own lens. I was, one of my favorite teachers is Louise Hay. And I think I was reading earlier a quote from her that said something about there's no good weather and there's no bad weather. There's just weather. It's just your perception of that weather. It's literally like in all things, I mean, in life and business and anything, I mean, even with events, <laughs> when things don't go right or as planned, right? Like it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It means that, okay, what's the contingency? Like, how are we going to pivot for like, who's actually here and blah, de blah, not blah, de blah, but you know what I mean, right? Oh, absolutely. And in events, you know, something is going to happen. Yeah, it always it's a, does. It's its own living, <laughs> breathing entity. Yeah. Like you just know, I've done events year over year over year. And each and every single one of them are always different. The people that are showing up are different. The status of the world is different. Like the content that we're creating is going to be slightly changed. You just, as the event host, you know, like my clients have to adjust. And we, as the event professionals have to remind them that they have to adjust and speak to who's in the room. That's part of the reason why I think a lot of our clients love working with us is we go, we will plan it. Right. And we also know that you're going to be standing up there on stage going, okay, so this audience is not getting this. We need to just, you know, we need to pivot. We need to change it. Or I'm having a divine download or whatever it is where you go, okay, we need to zag right now. And we go, we got your back. Let's zag. You know? So I think that's important too, is to have that kind of relationship with your client of front of the room, back of the room, and we flow with you. No, I love that. I think that is like a really great transitioning point to like my next question. What are some of like the big misconceptions that people have about events? Because I mean, people have them, right? But I feel like let's talk about some of the bigger misconceptions people have with corporate events and how those get planned and transitioned into the zags and the zigs that have to happen there. Yeah. And you know, what is definition of corporate? You know, I have a lot of people going, 
well, events, they're just a lost leader. I can't make any money out of them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have clients that are making $2.1 million in three days. They make money at events. Like, what are you doing? So you're not making money. I think probably that's one not of the knowing the audience. <laughs> probably not knowing the audience or catering to them or just not providing value, not having like I think also a misconception people have there. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna jump on Zoom and I'm just gonna like share my content. And you know, it's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to watch a talking head for eight hours a day for three days. We want it to be engaging. We need to be looking at events as if they are a movie because we're not competing with other events. We're competing with Netflix. Oh gosh, yes, that's, you know, <laughs> thanks for saying that because I was just about to be like, it's kind of like, okay, talk about Zoom fatigue. And then like, you're like, oh, I don't wanna listen to this man talk anymore. I got it. I just wanna lay in bed, but I'm not gonna pay attention. I'm gonna turn on Netflix because I'm at home and I can do that. Yeah. That's because it's not engaging. We're not actually bringing in multiple camera angles. We're not putting you in a studio, you know, all of these things. We're not bringing in the multimedia and the music and making it fun and entertaining and put you in group. Like there's ways to make it so engaging that people turn around and go, fudge, that was eight hours. Okay. Wow. I can't wait to do this tomorrow because I've not only come here realizing what I'm in pain for, what I need to fix. And now I'm starting to have a game plan on how to fix it because you're giving value nonstop. Absolutely. Not just content. So I was like digging through your social media, right? And there was a time when you were talking about what is, I mean, you know, cause I have to dig through everybody's social media before they come. They gotta <laughs> okay, be so the real deal. Is what you're saying. Okay, I got you. No, we gotta make sure that we're really sharing people who know what they're talking about. So I gotta dig around a little bit, right? Make sure that you're the real deal. And she's the real deal people. Well, you were talking about emotional transformation. And I got to the place where I was like, okay, well, what is emotional transformation? And, and how do we use it to create more impactful events? And so I want you to speak more to that because I feel like how you were framing it online was like revolutionary. And I thought it really would push people to think outside the box, regardless of the type of event they were even creating, but like push themselves outside the box, like really create something impactful. Yeah, absolutely. So people tend to attend events for a couple of different reasons. They're coming for the networking, they're coming for the education, they're coming for inspiration, maybe recognition, or even some marketing and sponsorship opportunities. That's why people attend events. However, regardless of how and why they're looking to attend events, we deserve to take a look at what is the transformation that's occurring while they're with us. Because you as the event host or your clients as the event hosts need to be taking a look at where are the attendees now and where are they going? Where do they want to be by the end of the event? What is the event promise? And then the gap in between is where that transformation deserves to occur. Now, we want it to be an emotional transformation. Why is it an emotional transformation? So events are the fastest way for people to like grow their audience and become like that no like and trust factor is utilizing events. Why? Events really, if done right, get people into an emotional state. 
They have a highly experiential bond with you. It's a little bit different than it just over the phone or simply talking on a webinar. You know, that talking head we were talking about earlier. It's different when they're live in person or virtually live on a Zoom that's experiential because you are engaging with the audience on all the different sensory pieces. You know, you could send a part of your swag can include essential oil. And you'd say, okay, everybody pull out your lemon essential oil right now. Okay, go ahead and put some on your wrist and rub your wrist together. Okay, now smell that or put it on your temples. Okay, now let's go ahead and close your eyes and breathe. You're putting people in different states. You're getting them outside of the box. You're engaging their sight and their smell and their tactile. If you end up moving them into a writing exercise, you're moving them through the different states. And it's when you do this that people really start to land with you. They start to have that experience and thus that emotional transformation that comes with it that makes your events so impactful and on the flip side, very profitable as well. So Shay, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes, but there's this one episode where we're talking with Kira Chantel and we really talk about like creating this like sensory experience, like all around, like visually auditory. So that's not, but I swear they sent me to a good school. It's just losing my mind or leaving my mind, whatever. And I think you really touched on some really great points about how you could possibly have that experience even virtually, right? Because people think it's not possible, right? People think you have to step outside the box to create this 360, you know, sensory experience for people to really be happily engaged in what's actually happening. And I'm really excited that you even brought that up. Do you believe that live in-person or hybrid events can be a powerful tool for business development, like as in all of those kinds of events? And if so, why? Yes, when done right, <laughs> right? My clients have proven that they actually utilize events as a part of their business plan. So I have clients that will do, let's say two sales and enrollment events a year. So they end up having a six month or year long coaching program that they're wanting to fill for the year. And they do that in a three-day sales and enrollment event. And so they end up filling their entire course in three days, thus creating six and seven figures in a weekend. So absolutely, I feel events can be a powerful tool for your business development when it's set up strategically. So there are different types of events that you should be utilizing for different types of reasons and for different parts of your business. So if you're looking for lead gen, you're going to do a different event like a summit versus if you're looking to sell into your program or sell your products or your services, you're going to do a different type of event. Whether it's live in person or virtual live or even hybrid. Now hybrid, that's a whole nother game plan that it's really, it's two events, you guys. Like, let's be real. Especially the way that we run virtual live events right now you can never ever go back to live streaming where it's just them watching you on the in-person stage. Never ever will you ever be able to do that again. So taking a look at your budget, does it make sense to do a hybrid event because you're running two events? You need two teams. You need a virtual team and you need an in-person team to support both of those audiences. 
And then whoever's on stage deserves to figure out how do they split their brain so they can actually communicate with both audiences so they don't have the ugly stepchild end up happening to one of the one side of the audience or the other. That's actually a really valid point. I feel like I want to understand more, like how can event planners help their presenters really cater to those two kinds of audiences, right? So that there are no stepchildren. Yeah, it's really time now for all planners, producers to step up and be leaders for our clients. We need to be teaching them on what's working and what's not working. We deserve to be teaching them and and being frank, like going, okay, you have three options. You can be live in person, virtual live, or you can do hybrid. Just to give you a heads up, this is what my virtual live client budgets tend to be. This is my in-person budgets and these are my hybrid budgets. Which one do you want to play in? What is the goal and intention? Anytime I end up bringing on or having a conversation with a potential client, I'm asking them a number of questions before we even jump on the phone together. I'm asking them, what are their dates? Do they have a website? You know, how many times have they done this? What does their team look like? What is the intention of the event? You know, all of these things, because they need to think through the process. And then I need to be able to go, okay, looking at this, I can tell you exactly what event you should be doing and how it's going to be supporting them and give you suggestions on your ticket price and how to fill your room and all the details. But you've got to know as our event host, they need to know what the vision is so we can implement it. If they don't have a vision, then we get to educate them on what it actually could look like and they get to decide what way they want to go. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Anywho. So that was a lot. That was a lot. I loved it. It was a lot. Automatically now I want to know, and this is, I'm the kind of person who like, I'm a doer, right? Like I like to take off and run. And I feel like a lot of my listeners are doers too, because if they weren't doers, they probably wouldn't want to listen to me. What are some of the best event formats for businesses to see the fastest return on investment. You were talking about the different types of objectives earlier, right? And the objectives really defining the type of event they would want to do. But let's hypothesize about the type of the objective and come up with like the fastest possible way to get a return on their investment. Yeah. So there's actually over 17 different types of events people can be utilizing in their business. Right. I know. It's a lot. So like I said, it really depends on what is the intention of the event. So personally, earlier this year, you know, I ended up hosting my own summit. The reason was because I wanted to grow my list. Great. That's a great reason to utilize a summit. I have clients that are looking to fill their programs, their six month or year long programs. They're going to want to look at a one day or three day sales and enrollment event. I have people that are wanting to build rapport and relationship and kind of get a community together. They're going to want to take a look at maybe doing some meetups. I have a lot of people that are brand new or newer to building their community. They're utilizing the Facebook lives, the Instagram lives, the clubhouse rooms, and those are going to be consistent throughout your business. You're going to still utilize those events, even when you're doing a summit, even when you're doing a meetup, even if you're doing a masterclass, right? What is the goal and intention of the business? And then we fit the event into hitting that goal and intention. 
So if you're going to do a conference or a challenge or a hackathon, a convention, a trade show, what is the intention of that event? We start with the end in mind and then we back it out in order to support whatever the goal is. All right. So I'm super selfish. So I'm just going to ask questions about me. Okay. Uh, my business. Okay. Yes. So I have a couple of businesses, but we're going to focus on one specifically. So I own a graphic design firm that works with corporate event planners, trade show marketers, corporate marketers, and even business owners who, you know, have in, who interact with a corporate client base. And we basically provide them with graphic design that's meant to save them time, save them money, and still give them like the visual impact that they need to convert people into actually buying customers or paying customers or however you want to frame it there. My objective, if I were to have an event, would be, oh, two things. Ooh, get people into our subscription service and or continue to fill up our pipeline with like possible leads of people who could fill up our, our subscription service. What's the best kind of event for me to do? Yeah, I could see you doing a summit. So similar to the one that I just did where you could bring in experts, maybe even some of your past clients on how they're utilizing graphics to grow their business. So then it's kind of twofold, right? So not only are your past clients sharing a little bit about their business and what they're doing, but then they're also sharing how by working with you, it's allowed them to do X, Y, and Z, you know? So you want to make sure that it is sideline to you. So more joint venture kind of a relationship. They don't obviously do what you do, but your audience can also benefit from what it is that they do and what they're offering. So the structure I had was it was four days. It was an hour a day. I streamed it into a Facebook group. So because I wanted to grow my list, I wanted to kind of get a pipeline. I also wanted to ask my speakers to send it to their list because their list is also my ideal audience, okay? So they're emailing for me, they're sending out social media, I'm doing the same. I'm speaking to each of my guest experts for 20 minutes. So I open it, 20 minutes, transition, 20 minutes, wrap up, done. It's fast. In that, they're giving a free gift. So the audience is gaining value, whatever the free gift is from each of the speakers, they're hearing a bunch of different things. And you are also leading into your free gift or your offer, which is to, you know, maybe jump on the phone with you and discuss what it could look like to do graphic design with your company and how utilizing that will help them expand their business, right? Then you just have it set up. So people schedule strategy sessions with you. You have a VIP upgrade option. There's so many things that we can do, but I would suggest taking a look at a summit as a lead gen for you, building the pipeline, and then from there, converting that into business down the road. Shay, number one, I wanted to say thank you already because that very selfish question has already gotten my brain doing the things like this. <laughs> Good. And so, of course, I'm pretty sure you just sold me on your services. <laughs> As we're transitioning, right, and talking about like services and just like how amazing you are at like getting the brain turning and all the things, there are two names that really stood out to me on your client list. 
when there were Dr. Oz and Lisa Nichols. And that's just me, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure other people resonated with other names, but those were the ones that really resonated for me. Even though I just basically had you like walk through a whole way of like me being able to like leverage uh, services like yours in order to create like real profitable events for myself. Walk us through how you create events that allowed people like Dr. Oz and Lisa Nichols to scale their businesses and leverage their time and how corporate event planners or conference organizers can leverage your proven techniques in their events to do something similar. Okay, so that's a couple of different questions in there. So let me see if I remember where we start. So Dr. Oz, Lisa Nichols, how I kind of supported them in scaling their business, leveraging their time, really is because they are very smart professionals and they know they are not experts in running and producing events. They understand that, they understand their genius zone, and they understand that in order to protect their time and their energy and their work-life balance, they must stay in their lane. So they also realize that by going out and hiring somebody who is an expert in what it is that they're looking to do, that also makes sense for them. So it saves them more money than them trying to do all themselves, okay? So that's one of the pieces is they recognize that. Then how we actually going about doing that scaling is we come in and we look at their systems. We look at their team. We look at what it is they're wanting to accomplish from this event. And we bring in strategy to support it. So we don't just come into, you want to do an event? Great. Here's Here, let us help you. We actually look at the strategy of your entire business as a model to utilize the event to support you in the big, big picture. That's how you scale a business is you are strategic in how you're connecting with your audience and moving them through your pipeline. I have clients that come to me. I mean, even Lisa Nichols, I've been with her for a number of years and we've collaborated on going, okay, what's happening with your audience right now? We've hit a pandemic. Things are happening. How do we support them? And we would brainstorm together. What is the next best step for her audience? And we would look at her offerings and we tweaked and adjusted and we would go out and put it into the marketplace. And then she would just get crazy awesome results out of it, right? So there's a strategy piece that comes into play. It's not just us implementing the event. There's strategy behind it. Uh, Shay, I, I love how you said it. She would just get crazy results from it. You made it sound real easy, but I have a feeling it's just, it's not that easy, right? Like it's not as easy as like bippity boppity boop. Well, there's a lot of time and energy that goes into planning events pre-event, especially when you get with a lot of amazing creative individuals. They have fantastic ideas and we want to go, okay, great. I love these. This is what we said we wanted to do. These are the ideas that we have. How do we morph and put them into a way that is systematizable and makes sense and also takes the audience on a journey? And that's what I also love about, you know, a Dr. Oz or a Lisa Nichols is they see that common thread that goes all the way through the event. And we're just able to put in a couple of key pieces in certain areas of the event to make it that much more impactful especially for a sales and enrollment event. Like we don't make the offer in the first two minutes of meeting people. That's right along the lines of going, hi, nice to meet you. Let's get married. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hi, my name's Shay. What's yours? <laughs> That's actually hilarious. So 
actually a client and I, we were having a conversation. I mean, outside of, so our primary thing, right? Like our primary thing within the design firm is design, right? But we've recently started doing like these add-ons of like social media management and like helping people to build out sales funnels because we've been doing a really great job of it for ourselves. And so our clients were like wanting to have a similar experience. And so we've been helping people doing those things. And so one of our clients were like building out like a email drip campaign for him. And so one of his teammates sent over some like really great energetic examples. The man has been trying to sell them from like the first two lines of the first email. We're like, yeah, no, like, no, like, no, maybe not. <laughs> See, okay. Go givers sell more a book by Bob Berg, right? You have to give, you have to give value. You have to invest in the relationship before you can ask for a sale. Now, a sale is service. Don't get me wrong, right? Doing sales, asking for the sale. I have clients that were like, oh yeah, I'm interested in working with you. And I'm like, awesome. What are we supporting people with? What's the offer? And they're like, oh, I wasn't going to offer anything. I'm like, yeah, no, you're going to offer something because we know a percentage of people are wanting to continue working with you. It's a disservice when you don't have a next step offer because you get them all excited You've given them so much value. And then it's like, all right, talk to you later. Bye. Right. And it's like falling off a cliff all of a sudden. You're like, wait, hold on. Wait, come back. Like being ghosted after a really great first date. What happened? What happened? Yeah. Is it me? (laughs) Yeah, no, I get you. Okay. So circle back, circle back. I'm going to write it in because I know you said I asked you a couple of questions. I feel like the last portion of it was how can corporate event planners or conference organizers leverage your proven techniques in their events and to kind of help. Cause I also realized that that might be uh, some semblance of vague. Let's think about like the fortune one hundreds or, okay, maybe not even so the fortune five thousands, right? Like that's what, what we think about like corporate organizers or corporate events. We're talking about those people, or maybe we're, we're even talking about like, are you familiar with CES? Uh, yeah, a little bit. All right. No, um, let me get another one. Coachella. Yeah. How can they leverage your techniques to really build a successful event that's scalable and an event that basically leverages their time to produce more income than what they already do? Yeah. So when you're doing an event, you've got the five event fundamentals, regardless of the type of event you're hosting. The first fundamental you're going to be taking a look at is your audience and the ticket sales. Everybody's got to have an audience. Everybody's got to be selling tickets in order to actually have them show up to the event. And how are you planning on doing that, right? That is a system all on its own, right? The second fundamental is your run a show or your agenda. What is it that you're going to be teaching? What, how are we moving people through? What is the experience they're looking to have? You know, are you wanting to have bands? Are you having trade shows? Are you offering things from the stage? Are you wanting them to dive deep into this content piece? Like what is the flow and the run of show? The third fundamental is your offer strategy. What the heck are you offering? You've got to be offering something. There's got to be a next step. Even at a Coachella, you know, they're making offers. And they're also making offers to next year, right? Let's get your tickets for next year. Buy them now. It's going to be at a discounted rate because you're already here. What is your offer strategy? And you might have a couple of different things you're offering depending on the type of event. The fourth thing is your support team. Who 
the heck is going to be helping you run this thing? Because it's not going to be you yourself and you, <laughs> right? So you've got to have your support team. And then the fifth thing is your budget. What does this really look like in black and white numbers? So if I was going to say to our corporate event planners, you have to have all five of these event fundamentals in place. And within each of the fundamentals, you have a system. You have a, how do you fill the room system and who is your audience and how are they picking up tickets for the first fundamental? You have a system for your run a show where you end up having the blocks of time and where you put the breaks in and where you put your offer and what is the arc that you're creating for them. There's a system to that. There's a system to every fundamental. And when you put all the systems together, that's when you end up creating a powerful and profitable live or virtual live event. You know what? Is it, can I ask you to marry me now or later? <laughs> How does it yeah, work? you know, we're we're a couple, uh, what, 20 minutes or something in? <laughs> yeah, completely appropriate yeah. now. It's um, totally appropriate now. All right, so Lisa Nichols describes you as consistent, available, responsive, reliable, and she says most of all trustworthy, right? So what are some of the biggest attributes you believe are the reasons for your success and, and the reputation that you have? yeah. One, I believe, and this is something that I instill into my team, is that everything is figure outable. And you go, okay, great. How can we make this work? What do we need to tweak and adjust? Everything's figure outable. We just need to think differently or, you know, come at it from a different direction. It's figure outable. Let's just figure it out. The second piece is sales as service. You know, we really support our clients in and selling to their audience because that's how business runs. It's based on sales. It's based on an exchange of energy. And we just utilize that energy as cash money, as that exchange. In return, they end up receiving some type of service or product or something that is going to serve them going forward. And then I also feel that it is over-delivering. So we have our promise. This is our scope of work. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to support you. And then we over deliver what we say we're going to do. And that's really what I feel has supported us in creating such a huge referral marketing business that people wouldn't normally necessarily find me just because of social media. Now, some do. And they've been watching me and I'm building rapport and relationship and I'm connecting with them and giving value. Like that's what social media is. It's constantly giving value and helping people make sure that they're able to get from point A to point B. And then once it gets a little bit larger than they can handle, then they know that we've got their back. For sure. Thank you for that. I'm a big fan of the social medias. Okay. And connecting with the people and just like, it's weird because more so lately than anything else, I've really just been sharing just like me and like my general life struggles and like me as a human, right? And I've just been like, hey, other humans, what's going on with y'all? Right, probably right before or after I'm talking about some like industry specific thing. But it's cool to like build this very like strange curated relationship with the people out there. Like, here's a little piece of my life. Can you relate? So thanks for that. Because people like doing people with people they like. Oh gosh, this helps you shorten that gap and building that rapport and relationship. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. totally cosign. So, what are some tools or strategies you would recommend to help 
conference organizers fill a room, whether it's in person or virtual? Yeah, this is something that we actually walk our clients through in depth, and that's what we call a ticket map. So a ticket map is all the different ways we plan on filling the room. And depending on the type of event, you're going to be utilizing different types of events to fill your room. Funny, right? You're going to be using events to fill your event. <laughs> but you really have to figure out where do your people hang out? Where is the audience at? Are they coming from people that have just been on your list? Are they coming from outside of your list? Are they coming from people that have already purchased from you, but you haven't engaged in a long time? How do you re-engage them? What are the micro events that you have to do before you actually offer them a ticket to come to your larger event? So we go through and we outline all the different ways. So are they going to be doing joint venture partner calls? Are they going to be doing speaking engagement? Are they doing webinars? Are they doing Facebook lives? Are they doing clubhouse rooms? Like where are their people and how often are we planning on doing that? So that's all the opportunities. Then we're going to take a look at how many people are actually showing up to those opportunities, the anticipated number of prospects, how many people are on the mailing list, or how many people are in the speaking engagement. Then we're taking a look at the anticipated conversion, which gives us the projected ticket sales, and then gives us the total ticket sales when you add them all up. So that's something that we go in depth looking at for each and every single one of our clients, so much so that... I've had a number of people go, can you just create a program on how to fill our room? As you were talking, I was like, numbers, numbers, more numbers, numbers? Yeah. Got it. So I literally just did that. I created a program where, you know, people can go and I walk through, you know, bring a friend campaign. I walk through sponsorship. I walk through speaking engagements. Like, this is how we fill it out. These are all the different ways that you can do it. This is what we see as our average conversion numbers. This is what we expect you to be bringing in ticket-wise, right? And then this itself becomes a living, breathing document too. Once you do your webinar, you know, maybe you expected to get three tickets out of it and you ended up getting 10 tickets. Fantastic. Or if you expected to get 10 and you got three, okay, great. Now what do we need to do to adjust? So you actually hit your numbers because it all comes into play over the big picture. For instance, my clients are like, okay, I want to fill my six month or year long coaching program. And I want to fill it with 20 people. Cool. We start with the end in mind. What does that mean? You have to have actually in the room at the time of the offer. Based on that, how many people have to be there on day one? Based on that, how many tickets do you actually have to sell? Based on that, how many do you have to really sell? Because then you're accounting for the no-show, right? So we look at all those numbers and it's a little hard, like you're saying numbers, numbers. She's just talking, okay, now I'm starting to check out. That's why I've gone through and broken it down because you need to sit with it. You need to really like write it out and you need to go through the process in order to be strategic and filling the room the way you need to. Thank you so much for that, Shay. Again, if you're like me and your head was spinning while she was talking about that, feel free to reach out to Shay. And I'm pretty sure that Shay will help you figure out how she can help you. All right. So people are still trying to figure out what the future of events look like. What are your top five tips for moving through the event planning space in the next 12 months? Yeah. Number one, I would say, take a look at what is working in other industries. So if you're in the corporate space, see what's happening in the private space, vice versa. 
what's working over there, how can you then slightly tweak and adjust it to make it work in your area, in your niche? The second thing I would say is be fluid and flexible. That's kind of a, a no-brainer thing for our industry is you have to be fluid and flexible. That's just the nature of events, but you really have to be that in the next 12 months. <laughs> Number three would be, I would say, be constantly learning and growing as a professional, personal development, business acumen, what are the books, what are the events you should actually be attending to grow your business or to learn from others in the industry? How can you lean upon each other? Because I don't see it as competition. I see it as how can we band together because there's way more clients than there are planners. I'll tell you that much. The fourth thing is make sure that you are constantly providing value in the market and you are listening to your market. For example, my clients were coming back to me going, can you just do a training on ticket map? Yes, I can. Let me go ahead and create that as a value add or create it as an offering for you. And then the fifth thing is remembering that we get to lead others and support them on their journey. There's new people coming into our space all the time wanting to be of service. And so my request and charge for myself is let's go ahead and support them. I didn't have anybody to really mentor me, but I want to be able to mentor others because it's hard what we do. It's not easy learning business and learning how to actually have your craft and fulfill upon it and have a life and do all of these things outside of it. So make sure that there's an opportunity in there where you can lead and support others in the industry. Shay, thank you so much. I definitely learn a lot. Listen, and I'm all about learning the things, okay? I learned a lot of new things, a lot of different ways to think about things, a lot of new approaches. So I'm really hoping the listeners also feels the same or feel the same. Please, before we end our chat, tell the people where they can find you. I mean, of course, I'll also put in the show notes, but tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So websites are Grace and Ease Productions. That's where we actually support our six and seven figure speakers, coaches, and experts in creating powerful and profitable live and virtual live events. If you are interested in learning on how to become a certified event producer, like I was saying earlier, I realized that there wasn't anybody out there teaching the systems and teaching the business acumen and teaching how to actually fulfill and have a life. And so that's where the certification came through. So that's certifiedeventproducer.com, shaywheat.com also, and then all the social media channels are also available and be happy to connect with you if you have questions. You know, even if you're just a corporate planner and you're like, you know what, let me just reach out and just kind of get to know somebody else in the industry. Please reach out to me and I would love to connect with you on social media. Awesome sauce. Shay Wheat, people. Shay Wheat. If this sounds like a show you've listened to and you're down to learn with someone who's just trying to get through life one day at a time, go ahead and hit subscribe. When you listen to the episodes, if you really like them, which I suspect you will, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm trying to hit some platform milestones, so, you know, please take a minute to do so. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.